Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Finer Things podcast. I'm joined here today by the lovely, wonderful, amazing Tristan. Tristan, how are you doing? Oh, well, right back at you. I'm doing pretty great. How are you? I'm doing really good. We're so excited to be recording our latest episode. Um, before we get jumpstart into what our topic is, do you want to paint the scene for our listeners as we usually do? I would love to paint the scene. Uh, as you can see, Rosemary, I am in Northwestern's recording booth. I have like a pair of the, like, the Joe Rogan headphones going on. I've got, got the noise-canceling walls around me, and I have a sign outside of the door that says recording in progress. We are moving up in the world. I am super excited. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very happy to paint our scene today. How, what about you? How's your scene doing? Yes, I can affirm what Tristan just described because I'm seeing him on my <laughs> computer screen right now. We're doing this over Zoom again. But yes, he looks very professional, the whole setup. I mean, there are even those like padding on the door that's sort of like soundproof, I'm assuming. So it looks very, very nice. Um, my background, however, is not as professional. I'm in my bedroom again, sitting at my desk. It's The sun is about to set, so it's like kind of sunny and pink right now. So definitely not as grand of a setup, but still cozy. Hey, hey, you're here, and that's all we need. Rosemary, what are we talking about today? <laughs> today, we're going to jump into hobbies. I think a lot of us might think like, oh, hobbies, they're just, you know, whatever everyday things that I like to do. But Tristan, do you want to talk about why we're specifically talking about hobbies on our podcast, The Finer Things? Hobbies are fine, guys. Like, you know, we think of them as like ways to take up our time. But, you know, what we do with our time, how we spend our time is really how we spend our lives. Right. And so we have to spend it well. How do we do that? Hobbies. That's the way. Yeah, uh, we, we before we started recording, we looked at what our hobbies actually are. And uh, we began wondering if we have hobbies at all. Uh, and I'm still not totally sure that we do, but I, I think we could talk about it anyway. I feel like I feel like we have like at least what some people would consider hobbies. You know, like not everyone, but yeah, but some people. Yes, for sure. And then we were also talking about. And I don't know if Tristan may have saw this on a TikTok, but I saw this on some random blog posts. But it was talking about like five types of hobbies that everyone should have. And I didn't just see this like once. I saw this on like multiple blog posts. I think it's like gaining traction. You know, like these are the five types of hobbies. So we're just going to sort of go through what those types of hobbies are and maybe talk a little about like our own hobbies that might fit into that category. Starting off, number one, it says that everyone should have a creative hobby and I guess Tristan do you want to say like maybe what hobby of yours that you would consider creative I think my creative hobby would be uh pen palling so I have pen pals and you know who you are if you're listening I have a few pen pals and I've sent you pictures of some of my letters before and it really really makes me happy to you know to both receive them and to write them back uh it allows me to use my cursive which I like. I'm actually proud of of the way that my cursive looks, and uh, I get out all my fancy pens, and I and I get to use them. And really, it's the act of making someone else happy. And every letter that I write probably takes around four hours, 
and sometimes I'll split it up over days, sometimes I'll just do it all at once, but it's really, it's an investment. It's an investment of your time, and it's a way to show someone else that you care. So yeah, definitely pen paling. That's my creative hobby. What about you? Before I answer mine, like I think that's so interesting, the like having pen pals, especially like in this this day and age. It's a and lot I know of fun. we've talked about like Yeah, and we've like talked about how like leather letter writing not <laughs> leather writing, but letter writing is just like it feels really nice to not only like write one physically, but also to receive one, to be on the receiving end. And I was just wondering like how did you get into pen paling or how did you find your pen pals? Uh Reddit. Reddit's the answer. There is a uh, there is a subreddit called r slash pen pals, and you post something and you say, "Hey, this is me. This is what I like. And if you think that we would be good friends, let me know." And it has, I think, over a hundred thousand people who are following it and also trying to find people to write to. And it just it makes me so happy that you know in our age when it's so easy to pick up the phone and call somebody or text somebody or or Snapchat that. There are uh, over a hundred thousand people who still want to get in touch that way. So, yeah, it's it's nice, it, and I think if I can be so bold, it's fine. I think it's fine, especially when you add in some cursive to the letter writing. Ooh, for sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think I've seen Tristan's cursive. It's not like the cursive that I was learning in third grade when they forced us to write in cursive. Like this is good, good handwriting. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Rosemary, what about you? What are your hobbies? What do you got for creativity? You're a very creative person. Am I, I, I can't a very wait creative to hear. Person? I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I do really like to sketch or draw or paint, which I haven't done in a while, but I do like to sketch stuff also on like digital drawing, especially on like a tablet or computer. So that's what I like to do. Sometimes they're just like little sketches or I just want to draw portraits of people. But I th- my favorite medium is probably painting, especially with either acrylic, just normal acrylic paints or oil paints. Oil paints, they just go on like butter. And the way that you can blend the colors so well, it's just so, so, so nice. And you can make like a bunch yeah. of different textures with all these different like tools. And is they're not like fancy tools that have to, you have to go buy. Like literally like, I just cut cardboard into like specific shape and use that as like a palette knife or whatever. But yeah, I think that's what I like to do for fun it, as my creative hobby. So it sounds like it's not only what you're drawing or painting that makes it great, but it's also just the simple act of it and the the aesthetics that go into it and the feeling of it and you know what it feels like to put the paint on the uh, on the pastel or whatever. That that's really great. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I just love... How did you get into it? Um, oh, so actually, I think I always liked to draw a little bit, but during high school was when I really got to like explore with different art materials because there was like, I did the IB art sort of curriculum, so we got access to all the materials and each like each little section or chapter, we would have to work with different mediums until we kind of found what we liked. And basically the culmination of that was like a senior art exhibit where we have to like present like eight plus pieces and they had to have a theme. But I found out through that that, oh, I also really like spray painting, but I haven't gotten to do that outside of since high school. But I found out about stencils and spray painting and then mixing that with like acrylic art forms. That That's also really fun. 
But yeah, the spray paints, I think, I don't know if my parents are like, so keen about that because they're always like, your lungs, yeah. the fumes, where are you going to do this, the grass? <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, giving a bunch of high schoolers uh, cans of spray paint is a recipe for disaster. But but it turned out well. You know, it turned I, out I'm well. sure it's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the pieces are... I'm sure uh, that they are. That well, my mom hung up is, the pieces fantastic. in her house. So there you go. That's awesome. Very nice. Very cool. So we got we got some pretty stellar hobbies so far, you know. I gotta say, I gotta say, we got. I think there's. We got pen palling. We got painting. And let's see, mm-hmm. what else do we got? We we're on number one. Let's go to number two. So number two is basically a hobby to socialize, and the whole point of having this is that so you can have. Well, in terms of the in words in the blog's words, it's aiming for a happy and balanced life. So where you can enjoy like time that you spend with other people. And Tris and I were sort of wondering about this one because they're like, do we really have hobbies specifically to socialize with people? Like we, I don't think for me, I didn't like seek out a hobby to be like, oh, this is where I'm going to meet people and talk to people. But I think some things that might fit into our range would be like if you volunteer or if you're in some sports club or if you're in some club at school or something. But I think as two sort of 20-something-year-olds 20, 20 that's in college or just graduated <laughs> college, it's like pretty, at least in our experiences, I think it's been not too hard to socialize or at least be forced into an environment where we have to be socializing with people. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I feel like university uh, was the hobby where we socialize. So yeah, I feel like when this person wrote the blog post and said you need a hobby to socialize I do think that's more geared towards people who don't have as much social interaction in their lives like university is defined by social interaction so for sure but you know I was thinking of you know like 30 40 year olds who you know their main way of socializing is by going out and meeting a club at Panera or something or going out to Bible study or something you know something nice like that Mm -hmm. but we we do think that we have Uh, a social hobby and we were talking about this we both have hospice that we volunteer for yes so we both do volunteer we are both hospice volunteers um but before i go into that i just also want to talk about how uh, going back to the whole like university being defined by like you know being in this environment where you're socializing with people and having friends like hanging out all the time i think just recently graduating and then moving back home it's definitely has been different because I think the only people that I really socialize with are like my family members because I physically see them every day outside of, you know, actually making time to like call with friends. So I can definitely see like how in college it just felt so much easier because whenever I like walked out of my dorm or even in my dorm, like I would always be like run into people or like see friends and then, you know, it was very easy to be social versus that being at home, it hasn't been quite as bit. So I definitely think it does require like more I have to go out to socialize with a purpose and if I want that yeah no for sure so going back to hospice we didn't both pick up hospice volunteering as like oh this is my hobby to socialize with people but essentially like what we do is (laughs) being social and being friendly because with our volunteer work we're patient care volunteers we're not really necessarily it's essentially doing visits that are friendly respite visits to the patients and those patients, hospice patients that are either in like a long-term care facility or in their home. 
And at least in my experience with the patients that I've worked with, I just really go in and talk to them about whatever they want to talk to me about. Or like sometimes we'll like listen to music together or like I'll play music or they'll play, try to ask me to put on stuff. Or it's mainly just chatting or having a conversation. And I like to think of those visits as just visiting a friend or visiting a grandparent. So in a sense, each visit is basically me just being social with another person. And they're also been really fun. What about what about for you, Tristan? Yeah, no, it sounds like you get in there and you just, yeah, be a little social butterfly. I mean, that's really the goal with mm-hmm. hospice volunteering. It's uh you really want to try to be as friendly as possible. You want to make a connection, a personal connection to that other person. I have pretty much the same experience with my hospice volunteering. It's, uh, you know, you go in there, you talk to them, and you kind of make them forget about what's what all is going on. And maybe forget's not the right word, but, you know, you want to, you want to draw focus to something else, and that focus is your presence. Mm-hmm. What I've done in the past, my, my favorite... Uh, person who I volunteered with, and please tell me if I'm violating HIPAA with any of this. <laughs> My favorite person who I volunteered with uh, was from the 60s, and she loved uh, both classical music and the classics. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. some Elvis, some Peter, Paul, and Mary, Bob Dylan, all that good stuff. And she would ask me to play guitar for her and sing it. And she lost her ability to speak with, with prosody, so, you know, speaking, speaking uh, clearly a while ago but she could still sing and so I would play on the guitar and she would sing along and it was such a great time and you know that's it that's the benefits of being social it's you know getting out into the world and talking to people and and just being with them and I feel like that's a no better display than than in hospice Mm -hmm. so you know and thank you for getting me into hospice, by the way. You know, Rosemary is, uh, is very humble, but she literally is the, uh, the president of our hospice club Wait, at Northwestern. No longer president. Since former I gra- hospice. Since uh, I graduated. Former club, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, but she got me into it, so. But yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Yeah, I really like hospice. I remember when I first started, and then, like, during, like, my first few like first month whenever I I would always go like you know on the weekday morning or something and then my friends would sometimes like go out and have breakfast or stuff or they'll run into me and they'll always be like oh where are you going and I'm like oh volunteering and then their whole spiel with like oh what what volunteer work do you do and I'll be hospice they're like what's hospice or if they know they'll be like oh that sounds like really sad or like how do you do that and then to be honest like to be very frank with them I'm like I think most of my hospice visits has been really, really nice. It's been like fun. I laugh a lot with the people, not all the time, but like I think most of the time, my overall memories of hospice are like very good. Like I haven't felt like, oh, this is really sad and I'm just gonna grieve with this person. Like it hasn't really been about that. It's mainly just being a really friendly present, like presence to the person and yeah, and just seeing like smiles on people's faces. It's, I think that's the main gist of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we don't have any horror stories. Like, like it's, it's pretty much just you go there, you talk to them, and you make them happy. And then you head out. And that's, that's all it needs to be, you know, and that's our goal. That's our goal in this. Moving to our next hobby, it seems like we're on a good roll with like a hobby that fits into these categories. The third one is a hobby to stay in shape. So I'm guessing like this is a hobby that 
gets you moving, makes you feel healthy or something along the lines. So what's your hobby that, you know, lets you stay in shape? Well, going to the Y, going to exercise. I go to the, this is literally uh, information that doesn't interest anybody except for me and Rosemary, uh, but I go to the Y by Norton Commons. But yeah, so I go there and I obviously I'm in Evanston right now, so I haven't been in a while, but exercising is very important. And it's something that everyone who is able to should do. Um, it, it really is a great thing. I think I may have told you this one time, but I read a quote by Socrates. And he said that no young person should ever leave their youth without having perfected their body. And I read that and I'm like, God damn, you know, maybe there, there's probably something there. You know, like people have always valued exercise and and getting in mm-hmm. shape and, you know, being one with your body. And so if going to the Y on a Sunday morning is a great way to do that, then then let's dive right in. What about you? How do you stay in shape? So I used to dance when I was in up till high school. Like I did dance since I was like five. So that was a like really long time. And I was like super flexible. I like could do the splits and everything. And <laughs> recently I was just like, oh my gosh, like my back gives me so much pain sometimes oh my god just like why do i feel so old like not so much pain all the time but it's just like occasionally i'm just i'll just like try to stretch or like bend down and i'm just and i just realize how inflexible i am so recently i think i've just been trying to stretch a lot more and then walking i think i used to run a lot but now i'm just more into walking with my dog because he also gets really tired and he just refuses to run with me after like three kilometers. So just like, okay, walking, walking is the way to go. So I think mainly just stretching and walking it has been my main two forms of exercise. That's good stuff. And it I'll doesn't listen, have to be hardcore. I'll listen to what? podcasts too. I'll listen to podcasts on my walk too. That's literally all I do. Oh, uh, while I'll you're download walking. A bunch of, okay. Yeah, while I'm walking. I was about to say, like, I don't, I don't know how listening to podcasts keeps you to, you know, staying in shape. No. But no, that's good. That's good oh, stuff. Oh, interested. You also bike, don't you? You you bike I do bike. on campus. Mm-hmm. I do bike. Do you like? Yeah. Do you go like intense biking or like long bike rides or just just to transport around campus? On campus, most of the time when I bike, I'm just doing it to transport around. Uh, but. When I don't have that much to do, sometimes I'll just get on my bike and go. And I go, I haven't done this in a bit because of classes, but there's a trail that goes south of Northwestern, and it's along Lake Michigan. It's absolutely beautiful, and most days I'll go there more than once. And it's absolutely lovely. There's other families that are out there and walking around, and people have their dogs. And it's it's really nice, and it both allows you to you know move your move your leg muscles and and get active and to be in nature and to look around and especially when the sunrise is there if you get up really early mm-hmm. to see the sunrise it's it's absolutely worth it yeah uh when i'm back in kentucky there is a place it's called eglon park it's I, i'm sure you know about it and it's uh, it's connected to what's called the loop which is uh louisville's biking like trails oh, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of them together yes. and it's like 20 miles yeah. of trail and if it spans uh, like the whole city yeah it's pretty intense mm-hmm. it's pretty intense and i have most of the time i'll just go and i'll stop at the mountain there because there's a mountain in the middle of the trail but i have once uh done the whole thing and gone back 
and it took me like five hours and I felt pretty I felt like a king like that that's what I'll say it's uh <laughs> you should as you should <laughs> yeah it you know going up a mountain twice is uh is not so easy but to answer your question uh yes I sometimes I do bike intensely and that's when I get a lot of exercise uh but most of the time it is just biking around and you know staying in shape it doesn't have to be intense you can you know some walking around is is great for you doing stretches is great for you and biking to and from class that's also great for you so for sure yeah so i went recently went on a trip to texas with my grandma and my cousin and my parents but during one of those days we thought it would be a brilliant idea to go on a 10 mile hike <laughs> so 10 miles yes it was okay not exactly 10 miles it was like 9.8 miles but i mean like close oh oh just 9.8 yeah (laughs) yeah so i was looking up because we were trying to find things to like you know to walk around since not just in the city but maybe like outside on one of the trails near like dallas or something and i asked my cousin i'm like oh it's 9.8 and he's like that's totally fine he's like what's the difficulty level and i was like it says easy and this is rated by like this website called all trails dot com and they said it's easy oh i know about yeah, all trails. yeah yeah it's a pretty yeah. yeah they have a lot of listing of trails in different cities and so like all the other trails were only like two or three miles and so i mean i still think that's like a decent amount to walk and but my cousin was like no that's like way too easy for us like we can't do that <laughs> i was like what makes you think that 9.8 is going to be so much better literally we do it we get to like the two mile mark and we're just like dying already <laughs> but, but we're like we're just gonna finish and it took us like five hours which was about the estimated time so i think we were like pretty good pretty good about it but yeah i feel like that was hey, the there most, you go yeah like that was i think that's like the most that i've like walked in a while like all at once like i think if like i was in a city or like visiting somewhere where you could walk around then like walking that throughout the span of a day doesn't feel that bad but like doing it all at once, like straight shotting it, like that that felt kind of rough. It is intense, but I, I think this is why exercising in itself is fine. You're left with a, a profound sense of accomplishment after you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you you get to the top of that mountain, or you walk those ten or nine point eight miles, and you're like, I <laughs> that TikTok that TikTok where it's like, am I? better than everyone (laughs) (laughs) it really does make you feel good it really does yep it absolutely does so i guess so moving on to a different category of hobbies and this is one that me and tristan or tristan and i have talked about in our last episode and it's certainly very fine it is a hobby to learn absolutely it's a you know, we don't want to rate these on terms of their fineness, as we very often do on this podcast, but I feel I feel like to learn, that's probably up there. I think so. What do you say? What do you say is yours? What's your, your learning hobby? I think reading, for sure, is one of those hobbies. So on the topic of reading, Tristan, you mentioned last time that you were reading Crime and Punishment, a very, very big book. And just wondering, like, if you finished that since the last time we recorded an episode, and what are your thoughts on it so far? Uh, my thoughts: ten out of ten. 
pretty good. Would read again. It was great. It was really awesome. And it's the same thing that we were talking about with staying in shape. It's a long and very, very difficult book. But I did it. And it feels like I'm at the top of the mountain. And I accomplished something really great. I, you know, I, I feel like I learned a lot. And I feel like I am very glad that I went through the process of actually reading it. Because I... You know, I could have chosen not to. Could have chosen to read anything else mm -hmm. or just hang around. So it, it, I do feel proud that I dedicated my time uh, and my effort into reading and learning from it. And I definitely feel like like I can. There's a there's so many lessons in Crime and Punishment, and it's it's a book of philosophy. And I definitely think I'll take that with me for sure. Mm -hmm. That's good. I'm glad you had a ten out of ten read. Do, do you think you often find books that you would rate 10 out of 10 or are those in your opinion like hard to come by i don't know i don't know i definitely feel like it's rare for me to read a book and be like mm -hmm. that wasn't great you know i feel like mm -hmm. most of my books are like b's or a's but this definitely was an a an a plus like there's a reason it's been remembered for 150 years i think Mm -hmm. Most books, like, I have, a, I used to have a thing, especially in high school, where every book I read would become my favorite book. <laughs> like, I would have a new favorite book, like, every month. Uh, because I really felt like that. Like, every book I read was just better than the last one. Uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, Crime and Punishment, I think it really might be up there as my, as my new favorite. Okay. So basically, what Tristan is saying is that he has really good taste in books. Ah, no, movies. come on. <laughs> no. I think I've just been lucky, honestly. I just, I haven't mm -hmm. managed to come across bad books that much. I did read yeah. Moby Dick, uh, and Moby Dick is still, I maintain, one of the worst books in the Western canon. Uh, That's so interesting. We'll talk about Moby Dick one day. Okay, okay. I feel like that should be another episode. All the worst books. Or <laughs> we just read about the, the one books. book, the worst books that we've read, <laughs> in our opinion. Let me tell you guys, Moby Dick... <laughs> I can't curse on this podcast, but it's, like it's not a great book. Not a great book. <laughs> if we could introduce cursing to this podcast, I think it would make it funnier. I think. We, I think Let's we see. could. I don't think Spotify or whoever, whoever you dear listener are, are listening to this through. I, I feel like I feel like they're pretty tolerant. Mm -hmm. Other than reading, I was telling you earlier that my other uh, my other hobby of learning is language learning. Uh, I have been studying French for about six years now, and, you know, out of out of the languages, I feel like French is pretty close to the fine, the finest of the fine, I must say, and it, it really does, you know, learning a language is a great thing, and, you know, if you're able to, you really should. I, I told Rosemary about this, I will actually probably be using it soon, as I'm trying to teach in Europe. Uh, over my gap year, and I'm going to either Luxembourg or France. Luxembourg preferred, France is my safety, so we will see. But yeah, learning languages is a great thing, and it helps you understand your own language better. And Rosemary, as a, as a polyglot, and you speaks like 10 languages, I'm sure that you'll, you can also appreciate this. But it, it's definitely, it's a great thing, and it's something that everyone should do. Yes, for sure. Like, learning a new language, I am, I wouldn't consider myself a full polyglot like I know a few languages here and there but I'm definitely I don't think I'm like very fluent in them maybe except English I hope but yeah I there's something about learning a language and like trying to pick one up I feel like it's definitely been like harder as like 
the older you become, which which is true. It's definitely easier to learn a language when you're young and to pick it up, especially when you're younger. But um, I think it's just a lot about when, especially when you're like visiting somewhere, being able just to say like a few a few words or like phrases or like having very basic conversation in like someone else's language there's just like a new connection that's established when you're conversing with that person in my opinion it just shows like oh like you've put in some effort to try and understand another person and like their culture and their background where they're coming from and like on their receiving it i feel like that would feel really nice and maybe like as an individual they might be more likely to open up to you about that like at least for me that's what i've always thought learning a new language is about is about like forming connections to people and just forming better relationships with people like for example with my grandparents my grandma doesn't speak mandarin which is because she never received like a formal education when she was younger and we so we only speak the dialect fujonese and so that's not something that's taught. There's not a written form of it. It's just purely spoken. And so a lot of us like grandchildren know, understand it or can speak it because that's literally the only way that we would be able to communicate with our grandma. And I guess that's just like one example of what I was trying to say about learning a language or understanding and knowing a language. Absolutely. Languages do not exist outside of culture, and cultures mm -hmm. do not exist outside of people. When you're learning a language, it allows you to, to connect to another people and learn their customs and learn their way of life. And you think, maybe, you know, maybe they figured something out that I don't have figured out. And mm -hmm. it's a really great way to form a bridge, uh, you know, because when you are learning a language, you talk to so many different people who are, you know, who speak that language already. And it's a fantastic way to make connections. I still talk to people who, uh, back from when in high school, when I was first trying to learn French, like I still talk to some of the people who are in France and, and helped me in, in that process. And I help them with English as well, you know. You know, uh, Fulbright, if you're listening, uh, you know, take note. <laughs> Fulbright is the program that I'm, uh, that I'm applying to, to teach English abroad. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely a great thing. Plus, I mean, if I if I ever find uh, a nice French girl out here in Louisville, like, I think I'll know just what to say. So I feel like we're set. I feel like it's good. All right. So, Rosemary, for our last subject for today, mm -hmm. the, you know, we, we have some pretty wholesome stuff for the previous four. But the last one, it's about getting that bag, getting that dough, that cheddar. How do you make money with a hobby? What do you do? Uh, let me just tell you straight up. I don't currently have a hobby that makes me money, to be frank. But then Tristan brought up... You like, gotta get one. Yeah, well, Tristan brought one up. And he's like, can studying be a hobby that makes us money? And to run off with that idea, I, I would say the optimistic in me would say yes, because this is what I'm currently on and doing. Because like, if we think about it, we need to study to go to like, to get through college, to go to med school, eventually become a physician, and that becomes our career, and that will eventually bring in some, you know, some of that dough, some of that money. So if I go along that logic, then I'm gonna count studying as a hobby, at least for me. Yeah, I think it definitely is a hobby. It's a long-term investment in yourself. Um, mm -hmm. We are both going to take the MCAT very soon. Uh, I believe in April, 
And yeah, oh my god, the sign update is in like six days. I'm so nervous. But yes, uh, we are both going to be taking the MCAT, and that MCAT is extremely important for us getting into medical school. And because of that, we have to dedicate a significant amount of time studying. Most people dedicate over 300 hours uh, to their MCAT studying, you know, plus the years that they sunk into pre-med classes. And so we have to make it into a hobby of something that we do every day. And it, it is fine, as we, we talked about it in the last episode, that it's, it's learning, it's, it is fine, it's an investment in yourself. Uh, how do we actually do this? Like, what, is, what does it consist of day to day? The studying? Um, well, currently yeah. I am not studying for the MCAT, like Tristan diligently is. Um, but if I were to be studying for the MCAT, I already know my plan because I mapped it out on Google Sheets a while ago. But it mainly there's like there's books involved, there's read content reading for like all the different subjects, and of course the finest studying material would probably be Anki. Ah, which we talked yes. about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, I, if you have a plan to study, it makes it so much easier uh, instead of just going in and you know trying to conquer everything all at once. Yeah, I mean it, it's very important to have a plan as to what you're gonna do. If you go into the web, uh, there's a bunch of websites. One of them's like Rasmussen or something, and they have study guides printed out where if you say like I have one month to study for the MCAT, two months, three months, and they they show you like on this days this is what you should study and and whatnot but yeah like it consists of anki it consists of flash flashcards khan academy uh apparently u world is something that i have to buy mm -hmm. that i heard about yeah yes (laughs) and it's at least for me it consists of doing about an hour of anki every day uh going through about 300 cards and what i'm going through the lectures of a you know AK Lectures, that guy? He's a, he, I think he's like Russian or something. He stands in front of a whiteboard and he talks and he has a bunch of different, like, uh, he, he's basically done everything about biochem that you could ever want to know. Uh, and so I've just been going through his stuff and, and trying to learn as much as I can because our biochem class at Northwestern was horrible. and I didn't learn anything, but that's a story for another time. But yeah, on the, on the ground level, it consists of sitting down with books and your laptop and just going for it and sitting there for two or three hours and, you know, getting into the groove of things. And there, there's a mode that you get into while you're studying. And it's very much like, I'm a student, I'm learning, I'm, you know, you feel like your place in the grand scheme of things. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I'm doing this yes. and then very soon I'll be a doctor, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, at least for me, I've always needed that. Like, I always needed that, like, why am I even doing all this? Like, why am I spending tonight here in this library or, like, trying to learn all this stuff and actually understand it for this test or even do well in this class? Like, I feel like I need that end goal, even if it seems, like, very, very far off. Like, I just need that in my mind. You gotta have meaning to your work. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what hobbies do. That's why it's a hobby instead of just studying. It's uh, we do it because it provides meeting to our, to our time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
sort of diverging a little away from that I mean I did have hobbies when I was younger that I was you know trying to make some money off of like before I used when I was in high school and middle school I used to make jewelry so like earrings out of clay Wait, really? and like other stuff yeah oh my God. and I would like my sister and I would make yeah we would make like clay earrings they were just yeah I think we mainly just did earrings because we liked them the best and they would be like little like clay pigs or like watermelon or like little things <laughs> that people would suggest to us and we would like mold it from the clay and then let it dry and sort of fire it sometimes depending on the type of clay and then we would like paint it and then you know do the whole shebang try to market it wrap it or like take orders so that's what my sister and i used to do and it was really fun like we did it because it was fun but the money the money was definitely a bonus it was like a little well we didn't get allowance from our parents so you know there was our spending money from the earrings but then we had to like take into account like you know cost of the supplies and like how many hours we were putting into that and all that other stuff so how much of a profit we were actually making from our hobby i suppose yeah for sure like the hobby itself is lovely to have but if you can make a little bit of dough from it it makes it all the better for sure so with that all being said that wraps up our episode of the finer things podcast today about hobbies and why they're fine and on that topic of things that are fine we now have an email address which we recently created and so that way you all can you know contact us if you ever want to you know have certain questions about things that we mentioned or if you want to um I guess it has request specific topics for the podcast or maybe if you want to you know star on our podcast have a guest appearance so on that note what is that email address Tristan that email address is podcast.thefinerthings at gmail.com exactly and just in case you didn't hear us we will also put that I mean you can always click the you know rewind button but we'll also put that in the description for you all we will yes if you have any suggestions uh, for a topic we would love to hear it because we know that you guys are all very fine people and you know about the finer things in life so please let us know you know yes thank you so much for joining us today again and we're really excited and we hope that you'll join us again for our next episode thanks everyone all right take care <laughs>